All right. The uh, Wednesday, October 19, 2022, Water Reclamation Commission meeting is called to order. We have virtual commissioners. Hey, y'all. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. We're just making sure everybody can hear us and everything. Hal Anderson will lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you, thank you. We will have Michael Klein to introduce our guest for special recognition. All right. So this is normally the time we do the safety minute. Uh, we got something better this time, <laughs> something a lot better. So um, it's kind of what we call a time to brag. Uh, today marks our 635th day to go with uh, accident, no lost time accident. Not to say we hadn't had accidents, but nothing lost time. Uh, translating that to hours, that's 1,102,360 hours as of today. Uh, our accident rate is 2.2 per 100 employees. We have 217 to 20 employees, so that's what we can expect in a year, 2.2 accidents. The national average for the wastewater industry is 5.4, so we are less than half of that. So to brag, we have made it 1 million hours accident or no lost time accidents and that leads me to introduce Mr. Clark Thompson he, or Thomas. He is the Labor Division Manager for the Arkansas Department of Labor and he's here to present us with a little bit of recognition. Okay, I'm honored to be here and I just want to, well, I'm Clark Thomas with the Department of Labor and, uh, and Licensing and I've been there now for 52 years. And so um, that, that's a long time, and that's how, that's how my wife and I have stayed together for 51. I've been out of her hair, so that's, that's, that's a good way of doing that. But I want to acknowledge the board for being um, an increment part of the safety movement in the state of Arkansas for what we have done at the Labor Department. You have per permitted us to do meetings and other things at your other building, and uh, you've just played a major role, and I want to thank you for that. Additionally, thank you for uh, uh, Mr. Klein and, and Cherise for, uh, they've been there on the ground, their boots on the ground, and, uh, and because of that, like I said, we've accomplished a lot of things because of you. You've invested in what safety is all about in Arkansas. The recognition is not there publicly, so to speak, but I want to let you know what you've done. And, uh, and we're utilizing them to help us to do something. Yes, we have, uh, as of this is for the private sector, I don't have the information on the public sector, but the private sector alone, and this one, we've getting ready to double down uh, in Arkansas. Now, we had 34, we had 24 fatalities last year, and we had 72 amputations, and that is legs, foot, arms, all of this has been really, it's been bad because from COVID to here, it's been bad. And I said all that to, to get to this point here. You are the only public sector uh, operation that will that have received the safety award from us. Yeah. And this award that we're given, this Million Workout Award, 1976, and by the way, I was there in 1976 too. <laughs> when we gave this a safety award, and uh, for that time, we got 488 million workout awards that have been presented since 1976. Count up the years and you'll find out that not many people receive uh, this million workout award. So with that in mind, I want to read a letter from our director. And it, it states, uh, dear Mr. Klein, it is with great pride that the Arkansas Department of Labor and Licensing Division of Labor present you and your team with the safety award. It recognizes Little Rock Ways uh, Little Rock Water Reclamation Authority for completing a million hours without a lost time injury. This is a remarkable milestone given that there are tens of thousands of companies in Arkansas eligible to receive it every year and uh, so few attain it. Accomplishing this is, a wor is worthy of a celebration. However, 
It is also important to remember how you and your team got there, diligently following procedures, proposed, uh, purposing to go home safely to your families. And if you will continue to do that, each and every one of you will have another birthday to celebrate another hunting season or ball game to attend. Uh, Rap Hudson signed this. So we want to make sure that we put this. This is it. This is going to be the last one here. Ah, go for it. Okay. And, and this right here is, uh, is a plaque, and may I, I read it? It states, the Arkansas Department of Labor and Licensing and Arkansas Workers' Compensation Commission are pleased to present the Million Work Hour Safety Award to employees of Little Rock Water Reclamation Authority for working one million hours without a lost day away from work. February 22, 2021 to September 14, 2022, and the names that are on this plaque, Daryl Brissett, Secretary of Labor and Licensing, Ralph Hudson, Director of Labor. So thank you so much. Congratulations. Yes, sir. Clark Thomas Award for Safety. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, believe it or not, up in the Northwest Arkansas, they have memorialized me, and they give out an award in my honor. And uh, I said, thank y'all. Y'all did it before I died. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. That is wonderful. What a achievement. Yeah. That's thank amazing. You so thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Um, okay, where are we? Okay, Hal Anderson will present an employee service award. Um, More celebration. I'm going to allow Quentin to do okay, that. Okay, Quentin. Man, you look sharp. Write that, write that right here on this opportunity. Well, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you uh, for the opportunity to come and brag about one of our employees real quick and uh, present a career service award. Uh, Ms. Ava Nitschke uh, joined. Little Rock Water Reclamation Authority 25 years ago uh, in the uh, maintenance department as a dispatcher. So uh, as we know, our dispatchers here are, are kind of like the face and the voice of, of the organization. They are the ones that takes the calls and deals with the public when uh, they have an issue. So she's worked with a lot of our customers out uh, in Little Rock as well as most of the staff in our largest department there in the maintenance department. So she's, she's pretty well known around the utility. Um, been around quite a while, as, as the 25-year uh, award signifies. Her role as a dispatcher then merged into kind of a dispatcher planner where she started helping um, manage projects that our maintenance department does, scheduling and work orders and getting them lined out and ready to go, making sure everything uh, operated correctly. Uh, then in 2005, she uh, took a position in the engineering department as uh, our collection system analyst, which she still uh, rocks that position today, 17 years later. Um, that is a big position for us. It, it kind of flies under the radar, but people don't understand how important that position is. I call Ava our information guru. If you need to know anything about the collection system, uh, you either need to should just start there, and if not, you're going to end up with Ms. Ava uh, looking for that information. That's everything from work orders that uh, helps us with our historical data um, and, our, and our project reporting. Um, that goes with, uh, she keeps track of our SSOs, our overflows and our rain, uh, our gauges, rain gauges, our rain dashfall, uh, uh, rainfall dashboard, excuse me. Uh, she monitors and, and makes sure that's up and running. She also tracks all of our uh, lines that need rehabbed and manholes and projects for our CCAP, which is our evaluation and capacity assurance plan that helps us get out of the CAO. So that's uh, very vital in making sure that we take care of everything that was in that book, that huge book that tells us we need to, to take care of this uh, in order to meet our CAO. So she, she has uh, keeps us in line there, tracks that, as well as our Sierra Club annual reporting, our CAO annual reporting, 
Now, if there's a report that comes through here, she's probably put the data and the maps and everything together for that report. Um, her, her maps and tables can be pretty elaborate, but they're always, she takes great pride in being, always being accurate, detailed, <laughs> uh, and, and always presentable. Uh, y'all may not know it, but y'all have seen tons of her work. If you've seen a table and a map come across that screen from the engineering department in here, it's probably put together by Ava. Um, but with that said, all the work said, let's talk about just Ava personally. Uh, she's originally from Chicago. So she's a northerner there originally, but she, she came to Arkansas. Don't hold that against me. She came to Arkansas with her husband of 41 years now, uh, Mr. Rick. Um, she has uh, many hobbies. She likes to paint. She's very good with craft work. Uh, she's good at gardening, and she likes to read. In her spare time, she, she gets to ride her bike every once in a while, motorcycle, when she, when she gets a chance. She loves her animals. She rescues animals, so she has quite a few animals around that uh, she takes care of. Uh, but the thing I would like to give her kudos on more, more than any of that is, is her volunteering. Uh, she has a huge heart. If, if Ava is in possession of it or has it, she's more than welcome to share it and volunteer it. That's her time. If she has the time, she shares it. If she has the resources, she shares it. Or if her hobbies can help anyone, she'll paint you up something or craft together something for you. But uh, she volunteers everything, and that's all the, the events we do up here. We partner with the Community Champion Volunteer Events. They just did one. She was, she's always at those. She's at the VIP Reading Days, the Adopt-A-Street, um, uh, Science Fair. She's a judge at Science Fair. Uh, then personally, when she's not at work, she still finds time to do charity work. Uh, she's done prison ministry. She's mm -hmm. done uh, a veterans fundraiser every year. She participates. She's real big on the uh, kids. Uh, children, so she does bikes for kids every year. She does um, the Pulaski County Sheriff's uh, teddy bear program, and then she uh, donates and volunteers at youth homes. Wow. So she, she stays very busy. Um, as you can tell with the service here and, and their years of marriage, she's very loyal. She's uh, very genuine, caring. Uh, she's very dependable, has a, has a great heart, and is a vital role in the sustainability of our collection system. So it's a, it's a pleasure working with her, and I enjoy it every day. But Miss Ava, thank you for your 25 years of service to the Little Rock Water Reclamation. Ava also won three or four years ago. Was it the planking the contest planking. or something? Yeah. What was it called? I was the oldest one there, too, and I won it. I beat 25 years old. Okay? I did. 25 years old. I got a plank, Ava. Go ahead. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Currently, uh, Carrie Beth and Quentin are my current supervisors, but a lot of people don't know it. Years ago, one of my first supervisors is sitting in this chair. We won't name names. And without him seeing my talents and, and ability, he actually helped me and guided me through my path. So he's a great leader, and we have these young folks. You know, they could be my grandchildren, but we won't go to that extent. But uh, they, they, we have some awesome leadership. So, uh, the, well, I'm, I'm getting choked up. Okay, is there any objection to approving the minutes of the September 21st, 2022 meeting? No objection. All right, hearing none, the minutes are approved as written. Do you have any public comment cards? No, ma'am. Okay, Mike Roder will present the 2023 budget. Here we go. Here we go. My goal here is uh, being that a million hours is the theme. I've got three items to talk to 
you all about today, one now and a couple later, and I hope when you go home tonight, you don't feel like you heard me talking for a million hours. <laughs> but I apologize if that's the case. As long as you don't get hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, break that record right here, presenting a budget. That'd be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> what am I doing wrong? There we go. Can we see? Oh. I think I... Did I turn it? There it is. Let me see. I can turn around. Mm -mm. We can turn. No big deal. <laughs> That's you got. It's like sitting in the first row at the movie theater. You're right. Okay. This might be better. Go ahead. <laughs> Take my glasses <laughs> off. Okay. So the only items I want to point out on this slide, it's the 2022 cash flow budget compared to the 2023 budget. The middle column is where we project 2022 to end. So. Um, the first highlighted line is our revenue. 63.6 million is what we're projecting our revenues this year to be. Just to the left of that, we had budgeted 60.5 million. So we're gonna be about $3 million plus over budget on revenue this year. That's great. The second line I'd like to point out then is halfway down the page highlighted the 30 million 200. We're gonna be about a million dollars under our budgeted expenses. The third item to point out is the next highlighted item 5.1 million, that's our rate funded capital expenditures. We had budgeted almost 9 million, so we're almost 4 million less there. Those three items together total about $8 million. And the red circles in the middle of the page, just to the left of that red circle, we expected to have a $4.5 million surplus this year. Inside the red circle on the left, we're forecasting a $12.3 million surplus this year. And next year's budget, which we'll get into in detail, we're forecasting another surplus of 4.6 million. So from a cash perspective, we're in a very strong position, just like we talk about every month. We expect to be over 61 million at the end of this year and almost 66 million at the end of next year. Speaking about revenue, we have no rate increases planned for 2023. Um, we have a minimal increase from what we project 2022 to end up at. Our 2023 budget is slightly above where we project the year to end up with because we don't have rate increases. The increase that we are putting in the budget is primarily from interest income on the funds that we have invested. Interest rates are back up to a more um, respectable level. And our revenue is made up of 29.6 million from domestic accounts and 34.1 million from non-domestic accounts. Um, it's roughly 45-55%, so 45% on the domestic accounts, even though they make up 90% of our total accounts. And about 55% of our revenue comes from non-domestic accounts, which is just 10% of our total number of accounts. Also in our revenue line, we've got 1.4 million from industrial surcharges and 2 million from miscellaneous sources, including interest income. So we're projecting a 6.1% year over year budget increase in revenue. But when we compare where we think we're gonna end 2022 to where we think we're gonna end budget in 2023, those, those are just a slight increase, about a half a million dollars. Looking at our customer accounts, it's just nice, steady, slow growth, about a half a percent a year over the last 10 years. We ended last year with 70, a little over 70. There shouldn't be dollar signs on that, but there are. Um, but nonetheless, there's 70,727 customers was our end of the year count last year, and we're growing by about that half percent this year. Turning to the impact on, of our domestic customers of our rates, the, the $29 million that we charge our domestic customers, we're in the green and our average rate for a customer who uses six CCF of water on a monthly basis is $41.73. It's good to be on the left side of this chart because this is a comparison to other cities similarly, similarly sized who also have undergone CAOs, consent administrative orders, and what their rates are to their domestic customers using six CCF. 
And obviously, as we've looked at this chart over the last few years, we continue to move to the left, which is where we want to be. $41.73 in comparison is reasonable. However, we certainly recognize that to a lot of residents in the city of Little Rock, $41.73 is a concern. And so we're always aware about the money that we spend and putting budgets together. Looking at our expenses, our 2023 budget for our operations and maintenance expenditures are $32.7 million. It's the green highlighted item in the middle of the page. It's a 5.7% increase when compared to the 2022 budget, which just at a high level, when inflation is going to be somewhere around 8 or 9% this year, to be, to be bringing in a budget at 5.7%, even though we've got some significant increases in some of the services that we are purchasing, it's a pretty strong achievement. And it it's a testament to the fact that where we can, we're holding the line more tightly so that we can absorb the increases that are more significant. Just running through it, compensation, which is part of O&M, is increasing by 3%, $416,000 year over year. The benefits that go along with compensation are increasing by 4%, $250,000. Supplies are increasing by 3.2%. Contract services is a large increase, 18.1%. And we'll talk about that in just a minute in more detail. Vehicles are increasing by 32%, but a relatively small dollar amount that's primarily driven by fuel. And um, we'll get into the details of what's in this other expense, utilities, public outreach, and insurance. But when you throw those lines together, they're basically flat. They're increasing by 46,000 or 1.5%. A little bit more of a detailed look at compensation. Again, the increase year over year is 3%. Our, our budget includes 221 positions that are budgeted, which is no change from where we are today if we were fully staffed, which of course we're not. And while we do budget for salaries in each department as though we are fully staffed, we also have a, an offset to our O&M um, not where we would keep vacancies intentionally necessarily, but it's difficult to remain fully staffed. And so what we've got built in this budget is an offset to expenditures on compensation of roughly eight vacancies throughout 2023, thinking that we're always in the process of filling vacant positions. So we're not going to leave those budget dollars in there. We're calling for a compensation increase overall of 3.5% effective January 1st. We call that the annual adjustment. It's basically for all employees. It's prorated for any employees who joined us during the course of 2022. And we're also in this budget, it includes a one-time $1,200 inflation relief payment, which will be made in early January to every employee with the exception of the C staff and the directors. Looking at our budgeted positions, as I just said, our 221 headcount in 2023 is even with where we are today in 2022 and significantly down from the higher watermark um, 10 years ago. On the benefits side, our budget is $6.4 million. It's a 4.2% increase. Benefits, the largest item in benefits is our health care costs. The gross cost, meaning before we um, offset the cost by the contributions we get from our employees and retirees, our gross cost is $4.2 million. That's for medical, prescriptions, dental, and vision insurance. It also includes HSA contributions we make to our employees and all plan fees associated with our self-funded plan. Employees and retirees pay roughly 600,000 of that 4.2 million, leaving the expense in the 2023 budget on behalf of the utility at $3.6 million. The other large item driving uh, benefits is the retirement programs. APERS contributions were required to contribute 15.32% each month of employees' compensation to the APERS retirement system. 
That's $2.4 million over the course of 2023. And we also make smaller contributions to employees' individual 401A accounts, and that's roughly $350,000 in this budget. Contract services is the largest single dollar increase year over year, 2023 budget compared to 2022, and it's 18.1%. Um, the largest items in this uh, particular bucket are the billing costs that we pay to CAW, who does our billing and collection for us. That's 937,000 of the 5.5 million. And then the largest single area of increase that we've had in this budget is for sludge handling and disposal. We have a $1.2 million budgeted, which is up from 700,000 budgeted in 2022. Um, pavement repair is 400,000, and you can see the other items on the page. The items in red uh, parentheses, those items are actually going down um, budget year over budget year. Here are the other O&M expense lines. Um, I hit the highlights earlier on, but overall, um, vehicle I talked about, 32% increase, but only 131,000. Everything else is remaining pretty much in line. 3.2% is probably a normal increase year over year for supplies. Utilities are remaining relatively flat. Uh, our outreach and administration costs are going up 5.5%. That's really the result of the lessening of COVID and getting back out in the community and the schools. And insurance costs are going down slightly, uh, budget over budget, relatively flat. Moving on to capital expenditures, I've got some highlighted items here. Uh, in the middle of the page on the right, our 2023 capital budget for capital expenditures is third, just under $35 million, $34.9 million. We are in the last year of the CAO. That's the top line highlighted on the right, 15.8 million. Roughly half of our budget will be for us to complete projects associated with the CAO deadline at the end of next year. And then calling your attention to the other two highlighted items in the middle of the page, we had budgeted 42.9 million in 2022 for capital projects. And we think we're going to come in pretty close to that budget, slightly under at $41.9 The bottom part of this chart shows how we're going to fund the budget on the far right. So $13.9 million of it will be funded from our rates next year. Just under $21 million will be funded from bonds that we have open capacity on. And a little bit over $250,000 will be funded from FEMA. Here is the location of the current consent administrative order projects that are in process that are included in the 2023 budget. The pink highlighted are those in the construction phase and the blue highlighted are still in the engineering phase. The projects themselves, as I said earlier, the, the far right highlighted Budgeted for 2023 at 15.8 million. In 2022, we had budgeted 12 million. We're actually running ahead of schedule and uh, we're actually projecting to expend almost $19 million in 2022 on the CAO, which will just leave us with somewhat less work to do in 2023 than we had anticipated. Just a couple pictures of the projects that we're working on. The left, as you can see, is overflow mitigation program, cured in place pipe. And on the right is a picture of a pump station. Our asset renewal projects uh, is a large bucket as well of all kinds of different projects. The items I want to call your attention to are highlighted on the bottom. In 2022, we budgeted $24.7 million. We think we're going to come in at about 18 million and the primary reason for underrunning the budget is the highlighted item in the middle of the page. We had budgeted completing the fog receiving station at the Fush Creek treatment facility. When we put that project out for bid, it came in well over what we had budgeted 
and so we have just kind of hit the pause button on that project. And so what we anticipated to spend over $5 million on, we're really just spending a couple hundred thousand this year uh, related to the digester upgrades out of the treatment plant. On the bottom right, our 2023 budget for asset renewal is $13.8 million. And it's made up of all the projects on this page. Here's a map, a rough schematic basically of where the asset renewal projects are taking place. And as you can see, um, it's made up of um, diversion and interconnect projects, large diameter projects, um, and it's kind of scattered all throughout the city. And this will be an ongoing annual project. Support services is the final category for the capital budget. The bottom line shows that in 2022, for the transportation and equipment component of support services, we had a budget of a little bit more than a million. We think we're going to spend roughly 735000 this year. Obviously, there's challenges in this market with getting vehicles and equipment. And next year, we're projecting and hopeful that we can spend $850,000 to keep our vehicle replacement program um, going the way that it should. Time will tell whether we're able to achieve that spend. The rest of the support services category is made up of, we call it administrative, it's just made up of all kinds of different items, including uh, buckets for HVAC repair and roof repair, uh, electrical repairs, um, instrumentation repairs, all kinds of different things that are listed here. I guess the highlights are this year we anticipated a budget of 2.9 million, again, primarily because of logistical issues or at least great in part by logistical issues will be under budget, about 2.1 million. And next year, our budget is really right in line with almost the midpoint of where we thought we would be this year versus where we think we're going to end up at 2.4 million. From a funding perspective, these are the only open bonds that we have. All the others we've fully drawn. The 2020 uh, ARLF from ANRD through the end of this year, we anticipate that we will have spent $29.8 million of the $51.4 million issue amount. We project next year to spend almost $19 million, which will just leave a little bit of money left on that bond as we go into 2024, where we, where we will exhaust it. And the 2020 CRLF of $7.5 million, through the end of this year, we anticipate having spent $4.4 million of it. Next year, we're projecting $1.9 million, which would leave roughly a million dollars. Moving from capital projects to our debt service and rounding the corner to the end, uh, 2023, our principal and interest payments are budgeted to be $16.2 million. It's the last year of our ANRD principal deferral. Uh, as, again, as a reminder, when we entered COVID, we went to ANRD and they agreed to suspend our principal payments for three years, uh, 2021, 2022, and 2023. They'll resume in 2024. We'll talk about that uh, a little bit later today. And as a result, uh, we, we've got less going out to principal and interest remaining in 2023. We'll have an estimated debt service coverage ratio with this budget of 190%. Through the public bonds, we're required to be at 120%, so we're well above that. We continue to have a stable outlook, strong bond rating. And we will talk a little bit later today about what the efforts that are underway to, to refinance the majority of our ANRD debt. Here is just a look if we were completely drawn on all our bonds we would have outstanding principal of $431 million. The interest that's payable on those bonds from the end of the year, um, this year, until their maturity would be $136 million. Total outstanding obligation over the next 30 years of $567 million. Our total operating budget 
that we're basically asking for approval at next month's meeting includes expenditures of almost $85 million. It includes rate funded capital of 13.9 million, debt service uh, of 16.2 million. It includes capital expenditures that will be funded from bonds and uh, of 21 million, bonds and FEMA money, construction interest expense of almost 900,000 and our operating and maintenance expense budget of 32.7 million. This is a look at our modified cash flow, and I think the things that I want to highlight here, we talked about the 23 budget, but as we look out beyond 23, uh, what we have circled here in blue is, I think 23 will be the last year that we will run a surplus. Um, for the foreseeable future, we will start using the 60, $5 million in reserves that we have built up at that point, and um, it will help fund our operations and our capital expenditures. This particular cash flow sheet does not anticipate any new borrowings, so, um, but I do anticipate that it's likely we will look to, to issue another bond in 2024 to fund some capital projects in 24, 25, and 26. But those plans, we don't need those to come together just yet. We'll get working on that when we wrap up this budget cycle. But with $65 million in the bank anticipated at the end of next year, we've got some runway to make those decisions. And that is the proposed 2023 budget. Any questions? I, I certainly, um, Chair McBride, um, I want to thank Commissioner Siemens for his not only guidance but uh, but ability to look at the perspective of the of the board uh, of the commission um, as we went through the budget. Thank you, sir. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you. I remain impressed with um, how prepared we are, you know, um, for everything that's going to be coming in the future, and what a great position to be in to know that we can fund things that we need to do for the city even without. Things That's have worked out fortunate. well. And you've been so innovative, too, in uh, ways to save money and fund projects, too. So I just commend you on that. Thank you. Hi, Amber Yates will present. Oh, we're going to vote at the November meeting. We're not going to vote. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Amber Yates will present purchase authorization for roof replacement at Bush Creek Water. Yes. Chairwoman McBride, commissioners, good afternoon. Um, you've got me for the next three agenda items. So. Um, I will try to make it as brief as possible. Um, so this first one is a purchase authorization for the roof replacement for two buildings um, at our Fish Creek Water Reclamation Facility, the maintenance building and the engine and generator building. So um, we performed a utility-wide roof assessment um, a few years ago uh, in 2016. And uh, based on that assessment, we put together a replacement plan, which rotates the roof replacements needed at all of our different, many different buildings and different facilities. Um, and it rotates it on an annual basis. So this year, the engine and generator building and the maintenance building are slated for replacement. Both buildings have the original roofs from when they were built in 1983, which was 39 years ago. So let's start with the engine and generator building. Uh, this building's roof was noted to be in poor condition with areas where gravel, the gravel surfacing had been worn off. Uh, pictured here are openings of the flashings. Flashings help waterproof the edges of the building and also um, pictured as a cracked and broken skylight due to age. More pictures of cracks and damages and wear and tear due to age there. Then um, we're going to move to our maintenance building. So uh, these pictures show the wood paneling um, on the uh, above our roll-up doors, and those have rotted and they need to be replaced. And we're going to replace those with um, some aluminum paneling. Um, this building also has its original gravel roof with areas that have been worn and, and some areas open in the in the flashing as well. This is a 2022 budgeted item, and the price 
for both roof replacements is $237,720. And it will be uh, purchased utilizing a, uh, the interlocal purchasing system or TIPS cooperative contract. And I will pause here to see if anyone has any questions. None for me. Moved on to the request then. Uh, staff is requesting for the commission to approve the purchase authorization for the Bush Creek roof replacement projects in the amount of $237,720 and to authorize CEO to enter into a contract with Catcher and Company, Inc. Do I hear a motion? So moved. Second. Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Aye. Hey. <laughs> motion passes. Contract renewal for chemicals. Yes. Pull that up. There we go. Um, so next, contract renewal for two different chemicals that we use at our treatment facilities for chlorine and sulfur dioxide. Um, on the right-hand side of the picture are uh, pictures of the one-ton cylinders, which is what the, these gases come out of. Um, these chemicals are used in the disinfection process at Fish Creek Water Reclamation Facility prior to discharge into the Arkansas River. Uh, we have a current contract with DPC Chemicals resulting from an invitation to bid that we did in 2021. Well, with, it had a one year, uh, the original contract was one year and it had six renewal options and this is the first renewal option. Um, and, and one thing that I wanted to notate first is this commission approved the initial contract award and purchase authorization at the end. And if you recall in a lot of my presentations at the end for, for term contracts at the end, I'll ask something, you know, I'll add something to the effect of, you know, if you'll authorize our CEO to sign the renewal as long as it follows a change order, um, the change order resolution. And that, that change order resolution allows Greg to approve it if it's within 10% of the previously approved amount. And um, so in keeping with that resolution, spoiler alert, our, um, our chemicals went up over 10%. So we are bringing that back um, to you. So, um, As you can see on the right-hand side of the chart, the renewal price quoted by the vendor for 2023 has gone up 8.5% for sulfur dioxide and just under 24% for chlorine. And there's a few things that I wanna put a finer point on um, so last year we were quoted a huge price increase for the previous contracts renewal at 68% for sulfur dioxide and 124% for chlorine. As you can imagine, that was a big sticker shock for us. Um, so, you know, we wanted to be competitive, so we put it back out for bid. Well, that resulted in a 78% increase in sulfur dioxide and 137% increase in chlorine. So we ended up paying about 10 to 13 percent higher for these chemicals than if we had just taken the renewal price. Um, this year, oops, this year the renewal price uh, increases came in lower than previous years, but that's um, still a bit of an increase. And we do recommend that we take the quoted renewal prices, and I'll show you why on the next slide. But I can tell you that this narrative is very consistent with what I'm hearing from my contacts at uh, a lot of the other utilities across the country with the current supply chain issues and price increases going up just about every instance you come in ahead by accepting the renewal versus rebidding. Um, we, but obviously we wanted to perform some due diligence into the reasonableness of the requested increase. So we performed market research to verify. We asked for letters from DPC's manufacturers to support the increase. Uh, in addition, we checked different market indices from around this time last year to present, uh, and indexes showed across the board increases. Uh, the U U.S. Energy Information Administration, or the EIA on diesels, come in about a 50% increase. The PPI, or the producer price index for long distance trucking has increased 18% because these chemicals have to be trucked in. Uh, the PPI for these chemicals has increased 64%. But wait, there's more. Um, we also uh, did some comparison with uh, some recent prices that the, that the vendor bid on these chemicals in our region. As you can see, they're coming in on average about 5% higher for chlorine and about 30% higher uh, for the sulfur dioxide and after 
after this research, we do look to be coming out ahead by accepting the renewal. It is a 2023 budgeted item, and based on estimated usage for 2023, we, uh, the spend is anticipated to be $172,980, and these chemicals are ordered on an as-needed basis throughout the year. They're not a, like a one-time lump purchase. Now we'll pause here to see if anyone has any questions. Moving on to the request, so uh, staff is requesting the commission to approve the contract renewal for chemicals for a total of $172,980 during the 2023-2023 fiscal year with DPC Industries, Inc., and to authorize subsequent contract renewals to be approved and signed at the discretion of the CEO, Greg Ramone, if the renewal is within the best interest of the utility and follows resolution 2016-16 in regard to change order procedures. Do you have a motion? So moved. Second. Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Anyone opposed? Aye. Motion passes. How I yearn for the old days two years ago when things were more consistent. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Okay, so third and final. Uh, is another contract renewal. So this time it's for sludge thickening polymer. You'll notice a lot of similarities in this presentation from the last one. So first, what does uh, polymer do? Sludge from all three water reclamation facilities is treated at Fish Creek where it's injected with polymer. And while that is probably not the most appealing picture, uh, it, is, uh, it does accurately show the effect of what polymer does on the sludge and how it helps separate the water from the sludge. Um, and on this slide is a picture of the totes or the containers that the polymer comes in. And so if I mention the word tote in this presentation, you have an idea of what I'm referring to. Um, the current contract is, with Polydyne Inc. is in place uh, due to an invitation to bid that we put out in 2021. The contract's initial term was one year with the option to renew six times um, for six additional years. This is the first renewal option. And as you can see on the right-hand side, the renewal price quoted by the vendor for 2023 has gone up to just under 20%. Um, similarly uh, to the last one, last year we were also quoted a fairly high price increase of 28%. And again, we wanted to be competitive, so we put it back out for bid. It resulted in a 34% increase, so that's about 6% higher than uh, you know, if we had just taken the renewal price. And this year, the renewal price came in at 19.8% higher. So like with the chemicals, we recommend that we um, you know, take the price increase. And um, again, we performed market research and um, asked for letters from Polydyne's manufacturers to support the increase, looked at indices, um, ind the indices have increased across the board, EIA on diesel has gone up 50%. The PPI for long distance trucking has gone up 18%, and the HIS chemical index shows a 24% increase in the main raw materials used to make polymer. We've also looked into recent prices that vendors bid on liquid polymer bids in our region. As you can see, they're coming in at about 10% higher than what we were quoted for our renewal price, so we look to be coming out ahead about 10% if we take the renewal. Uh, this is a 2023 budgeted item, and based on estimated annual usage, the total spend for 2023-2023 is anticipated to be $342,056, and polymer is also ordered on an as-needed basis throughout the year. We'll pause here to see if anybody has any questions. I think he was asking if we were going to stop uh, rebidding. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> as, yes, as long as long as we are coming out ahead, yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, staff is requesting for the commission to approve the contract renewal for polymer for a total of three hundred forty-two thousand fifty-six dollars during the twenty twenty-three fiscal year with Polydyne Inc. and to authorize subsequent contract renewals to be approved and signed at the discretion of the CEO if the renewal is within the best interest of the utility and follows resolution 2016-16 in regard to change order procedures. 
All in favor? <laughs> Aye. Aye. Anyone opposed? Motion passes. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Okay, Mike Rhoda is, is that one? Yep, Mike Rhoda will present potential debt refinancing. Here today to just give an update on our discussions with ANRC and kind of show you where we're headed. Um, before I do that, I should mention that between probably sometime around the end of the month, the first few days in November, you will be receiving either electronically or physically if you want a copy of our proposed budget. Uh, it's got the letter from Greg. It's got, it's about a 250 page document. It's excellent. If you ever want to know anything about the utility, it's probably in there. Um, and we'll give you the option of whether you want to give it a physical copy or whether you want an electronic copy, but you will have that in advance of uh, us asking for approval at the November meeting. So we've been talking for a while about our debt, and um, while I don't have a picture of it on, in this presentation, we have talked about it a number of times. The way our debt is structured, our principal and interest payments ramp up to about $27, $28 million in the next couple years when we resume paying our principal back to ANRD, and they stay at that level until 2037 when they begin to rapidly decline. And what we've been looking at is how do we take, how do we take that hump down? How do we bring it down to free up more cash flow to do a couple things? One, so that we can continue to borrow money as we need to fund capital projects, and two, uh, keep rates as low as we possibly can. Um, here's a look at our outstanding debt. It ties back to the budget page, $431 million. ANRD holds roughly 56% of our debt. Uh, public bonds is the other 44%. And of our annual debt service, and this is just an average of what our debt service is annually between 24 and 2037, uh, ANRD is less than half. So ANRD has better interest rates than the public debt. Uh, significantly, which is why even though it's 55% of our debt, it's less than half of our annual debt service. The likely refinancing plan where we are with ANRD at this point is that they would do a bond swap, whereby the majority of our outstanding ANRD debt, $229 million out of about $240 million, which was issued between 2013 and 2020, would be rolled into one new bond issued in 2024. A new 30-year bond, which would be issued in 2024, which coincides with our resumption of principal payments. It would mature in 2053, and it would have an interest rate at roughly 2.25%, or the current cost of their money. Our annual debt payments from 2024 to 2039 as a result of this bond swap would be reduced by an average of $1.4 million annually, which is equivalent to about a 2.5% rate increase for our financials. And the weighted average interest rate of our original bonds is 2.6. So we're actually reducing the overall interest rate that we're paying on our ANRD debt through this refinance. We're reducing um, our average annual principal and interest payments or debt service from 24 through 2039 by 1.4 million. And because the interest rate is lower on the bond, the new bond compared to the old bonds, we save 1.7 million over the 30 years. Now, when we develop this plan with ANRD, this does not require their commission approval. They have the authority to do it at the director level. So previously, I thought we would be bringing an item to you today for approval so that they could get it to their commission next month. But since they don't have to go to their commission for approval, we're going to pursue this in early 2023. It only has to be done by the time we resume uh, our principal payments in 2024. And so in 2023, we anticipate coming to you to get approval to move forward with this refinancing. And once we secure that, if we do, we'll go to the city for approval. Chairman McBride, commissioners, I want to say that uh, this is fantastic news. This is <clears throat> one of those things where we asked and they said, come to us with a, um, with a proposal. I will say that uh, the, about two weeks I walked by Mike's office and he had more spreadsheets than you can shake a stick at. And, and I'm afraid of spreadsheets, so I tried staying away. But uh, 
but I think there were times when he probably didn't sleep. He was thinking about numbers the entire time. But, but this is really, really good news to the residents of Little Rock. Again, everything we can do to try to minimize the cost and, and actually be able to come up with, with monies to help uh, for future, uh, future debt. And what this slide does is it shows the first 15 years, basically, of the existing debt compared to the new debt. The, obviously, the orange or red line above is existing debt service. It's approaching 30 million. We bring it down by a million and a half. So we don't flatten the line completely, but we do get uh, some great relief. And then on the outer years, it basically just the new debt is the blue line. It's slightly above the existing debt until you get to the very end of the term of the loan. And that's just because so much of the previous debt would have been paid off by 2049, but we're actually extending it through 2053. So we'll be back with more. Any questions? Okay. Thank you. Sure. Now we move to financial. September financial update. And this is quite the picture. Um, you know, some people really get into Halloween, and some people less so. And I think it's safe to say that our procurement department is in the former category there. And I won't say who that is in the middle, but they did give a presentation already today in this meeting. Uh, and uh, so it's Halloween right around the corner. This is what we got. Significant events in September, revenue continues to be a really strong story. We exceeded budget by half a million dollars, 10%. Year-to-date revenues were almost $3 million over budget. We expect that to continue. Our operating expenses continue to be less than budget by 5.9%. And on a year-to-date basis, we're about 5% under budget on operating expenses. September revenues exceeded the budget primarily on the result of strong non-domestic revenues, which that's been the story pretty much all year. Our commercial customers um, came back from COVID uh, strong, faster than we certainly expected. And on the expense side, again, I think we we're just 156,000 under budget, uh, pretty small percentage, and it's just kind of driven across the board. We're still not fully staffed, so salaries and benefits continue to run under budget. Water consumption uh, looks, it, again, it's positive change, rolling 12 months. Domestic, it's slightly above flat at 0.4% on the last 12 months rolling average. And non-domestic is up 6.6%, and that's clearly where the revenue favorability is coming from. From a cash flow perspective, uh, we began the month uh, with 75 million, just under 75 million in cash and we ended the year with just over uh, the month with just over 74 million of which 10.6 million is in restricted funds and 63.5 million is in the operating reserve and when i'm talking about the cash balance at the end of the year for the budget i'm talking about the operating reserve portion of the budget not the restricted funds from a debt perspective we had no change we had no principal payments. We didn't draw down any new debt in the month of September, and our interest expense was $1 million. So we continue to have strong financial performance throughout the utility in 2022. And if there are no questions, my million hours is up. <laughs> Maybe a brain injury. Take your time to go back to your seat. Yeah, right? be take, careful take, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Although, although I think you can still do your job. <laughs> you With it. Exactly. Dean's Lock has our legal update. Yes, yeah, so I'll start with our uh, litigation report. We're still in a holding pattern. Um, I, I touched base with our Council of the Municipal League, and, and I said any word, and, and I was assured that uh, they are not concerned about a delay, that this is just what we can expect in the Court of Appeals. So in a holding pattern there. Um, and then just in other work, Contracts, as always, and garnishments, and spending a lot of time with my three colleagues talking all things budget, short term and long term. Thank you. Mr. Ramon, you have highlights? I do. Um, this is, a, I think, my favorite part. <laughs> I do want to say uh, 
Uh, staff set up a booth at uh, Carver Steam uh, Elementary School for their community walkathon and school fundraiser. We provided canned decrease kits. Students had the opportunity to spin the water wheel of knowledge. I wanted to call it water <laughs> wheel of fortune, um, and where, in which case that they're, they're asked a question, and if, if, if they uh, answer the question correctly, whatever they spin the wheel, you can see that bowl of, uh, of really fun stuff and prizes there. Well, they received one of those. So we also were able to provide uh, available job openings uh, for the adults that were there, as well as talk to them about the uh, low-income house uh, household assistance, water assistance program. So also, uh, as part of our wellness program, we had 93 employees participate in our on-site flu shot and COVID booster clinic held at the Clearwater water, uh, Maintenance Facility, as well as at the uh, Fush Creek Water Reclamation Facility. The shots were given by Cornerstone uh, Pharmacy, uh, obviously at no cost to our employees. Uh, employees had uh, both arms uh, with a little soreness for a couple of days, but uh, as a result of the shots, uh, but at the end, it was certainly worth it, and I am very glad they didn't take a picture of me because I almost fainted. <laughs> so. Um, Last Friday, several employees held a, uh, helped decorate and set up for the Camp Aldersgate uh, annual fish fry. Uh, the festival helps raise money to support their summer, weekend, and specialty camps for individuals with special needs. Um, another volunteer uh, event was, at the, uh, was Music in the Park. Uh, it's a fundraiser for the Little Rock uh, Park and Recreation Volunteer Division. Since their programs are not part of the general fund, uh, they hosted fundraisers with live music, food trucks, merchants, and craft beer. Nice. Uh, proceeds benefit the Adopt-a-Park uh, flower bed and trail programs, which we participated in in 2020 and 21. The proceeds also help uh, volunteer and the uh, Junior Rangers program. Uh, we volunteered in June um, as well at the War Memorial Park, and again in October uh, at the Alsop uh, Park. Uh, October is uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and employees will be wearing their pink shirts, as it is here, all right, uh, for the month to show support for the awareness campaign. I want to say that it's also time, that time of the year, the Arkansas Drug Take Back uh, will be Saturday, October 29th, from 10 a.m. to 2 uh, p.m. The event is held twice a year and is in partnership with the Rotary Clubs, the Prevention Resource Centers, the Arkansas Drug Director's Office, the DEA's office, and about 200 law enforcement agencies throughout the state. Uh, this day provides residents the perfect opportunity to get rid of uh, either unused or expired prescriptions or over-the-counter medications. This is a st statewide initiative. Find your location, it's easy. ARtakeback.org, one word, ARtakeback.org. And all you do is punch in your address and or your zip code, and it gives you the closest place to go to. And I was looking at my bottle of, uh, of ibuprofen, and I found out that it was about 12 years old, and it's time to get rid of that. So please look at, your, uh, at the medications that you have. On a fun uh, um, uh, point here, for the first time, the Arkansas Money and Politics is recognizing those business leaders in Arkansas who've hit that sweet spot their list of 40 in their 40s uh, shines a light on those professionals at the midpoint in their career who have achieved a certain amount of success and are positioned for more. We would like to congratulate our very own Gene Block, who, who was recognized in the inaugural class of the uh, Money and Politics for 40 in their 40s. Congratulations. <laughs> All right, I'm almost you know, done here. You would never want to die, no, you Fantastic oh, it is, but, you know. photograph. <laughs> I thought it was a 30 in the 30s. <laughs> we could say that as well. Uh, in September, we, uh, I, I sent letters out to uh, the Arkansas congressional delegation asking for their support uh, to exempt public water and wastewater agencies from liability from PFAS, uh, possible contamination, and cleanup as designated by the Comprehensive Environmental Response Compensation and Liabilities Act, or CERCLA. Um, as a follow-up, we had meetings with Senator Bozeman, as well as staff from Congressman Hill and Westerman's office, and we will continue to do that 
because it will be a big, big deal in the future. So we want to make sure we've got um, as much we can, as much say as we can into that. Um, also, uh, we will be advertising uh, for bids for the annual Cured in Place contract. Uh, this rehabilitation method is uh, trenchless and less invasive compared to other methods. The pipes being rehabilitated are between 4 and 24 inch in diameter. Obviously, we utilize this uh, maintenance uh, system to help us with the INI as well as possible pipe failures. So uh, we will be coming to you with that in the future. Uh, Chairwoman McBride, I just want to conclude by saying I am extremely proud of the organization. Certainly the one million, uh, one million hour mile, milestone is huge in any organization and uh, our folks have done a tremendous job. Uh, we've had two minor injuries this year and they were minor and I will say that not only is it a savings in money but the most important thing is people go home and and go to their loved ones in a manner that they can that they can certainly uh, enjoy life so appreciate that besides the fact um, our folks work hard at making sure that we not only stay to budget but also find ways to uh, to I'm, I'm going to use the term create money because I think Michael and his folks have done a great job mm -hmm. and uh, obviously our engineering and field staff do a tremendous job as well so with that said that's all I have and I would like to continue on with the proposed uh, November. Wow, we're already in November. I just learned how to do the tw 22 for the year. <laughs> All right. So we would like for your consideration for the 2023 budget. Also, we would like to uh, award construction for the generator relocation that we talked about, uh, I believe, last month. Also, we'll have a presentation on the large diameter dashboard that, uh, that has been developed uh, and an update on the low-income uh, household water assistance program. We've been pushing really hard with Central Arkansas Water and the city, um, and Kanita will be uh, talking about that uh, next month. So, uh, Chair McBride, Commissioners, that's what we've got. Fantastic. Thank you all. Any uh, old business? New business? Next meeting is November 16th, 2022. Is there any objection to adjourning the meeting? Hearing none, the meeting is adjourned. Thank you all for being here. Thank you, commissioners. Thank you, commissioners that are on the phone. Thanks, gang.